When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I said here yesterday on the show, this smelled like 49ers defensive coordinator Steve Wilkes was about to be scapegoated, and pretty soon he was fired. Keyshawn, should he have been fired? No, Skip, the same thing we talked about yesterday. It is the same. When my man Richard Sherman was sitting up here trying to tell us that Kyle Shanahan wasn't sending, I just fired my defensive coordinator messages. Well, that was a damn lie. When you were all over that. And we were all yeah. over it. Yeah. No, he shouldn't have been fired, okay? I mean, look, you fire a guy who you say your philosophies didn't meet, didn't, it just didn't yep. mesh. Well, you would think that when you make a decision to sit down and have a conversation with somebody to bring them in the fold, that you would say, well, this isn't the same defense that we ran last year. I don't want to hire this guy. This isn't the same philosophy that I had with Robert or D'Amico. Mm-hmm. I don't want to hire the guy. But yet and still, you hire him. He has a little bit of a bumpy road in the middle of the season because the team had a bumpy road. But he managed to get y'all back on the track to lead a defense into the Super Bowl basically surrender about 15 points before the overtime on the defensive side of the ball. Steve Wilkes is, is, is if, unless I'm missing something, isn't the offensive line coach. From, unless I'm missing something. <laughs> Steve Wilkes is not the special teams coach, which, by the way, in special teams, that means that you're in charge of punt coverage, kick coverage, Punt return coverage, punt team, all of those things. PAT field goal. Yep. Well, your kicker had a kick block. That wasn't on Steve Wilkes. A muff punt wasn't on Steve Wilkes. Last I checked, he wasn't the offensive coordinator. He was a defensive coordinator, which means that when those when they Spags was blitzing you and you couldn't pick it up and you had three straight, three and three outs. You did. I don't think that's Steve's back, uh, uh, Steve Wilkes. Wilkes no. I don't think that's Steve Wilkes. I think that's Kyle Shanahan. But here's what I would say. 353 left on third down, clock didn't convert. That ain't Steve Wilkes. The fact that you is Kyle Shanahan, which, by the way, need to start being really looked into. I'm tired of everybody talking about how great of an offensive mind and genius he is and all this. Daddy ain't helping you on the sideline make adjustments. 
Daddy in the box. You can't run the daddy no more. So I'm tired of that. And now all of a sudden, here Steve Wilkes is. Check this out, Skip and Michael. The San Francisco 49ers essentially had the best defense under Steve Wilkes that they've had in the last 10 years, statistically. Okay? Points per game, <coughs> second best points per game allowed in the last 10 years for the 49ers. Third in yards per game allowed in the last 10 years. Sacks tied for the most in 10 seasons. Takeaways, third best. That's essentially telling me he's done the best job. But you fire him because people looking at your ass now and saying, oh, okay. And if you really want to dive into records and just say, yeah, he's been to two Super Bowls, but prior to this year, he was 52 and 46 as a head coach. That's not eye-popping by no stretch of the imagination. No. So now you just open up the window for all of us in 2024 to dive into you and John Lynch, my teammate, okay, who just used this dude as an escape goat. But I knew it when Nick Bosa said what he said. Yep. I knew it. And then you go to your press conference and act like, oh, all our coaches are coming back. Man, who you think you're talking to? You, you call that out. I've been around the block. You're not going to fool me. You can fool everybody else that don't know that game that you play. But again, daddy ain't there to save you. It's going to look bad on Kyle Shanahan. Mm. You watch what I tell you. Mm. And John. I can't believe Steve. Steve Wills got fired after one year in Arizona. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Fired and not retained in Carolina, but you hire my old quarterback who was fired twice in 12 months. Once by the coach and then again by Carolina. When Steve Wilkes actually had them playing well. Very well. It just it, I, Yeah. Man, the NFL and some of the things that these people do, right. it drives me crazy. Mm. It just drives me crazy. How especially they treat black coaches. Right. I hate to always have to go down that avenue, but it, the reality it, it, is it, it why? It applies now. It applies. Why, why, why do you, why? Yep. And then you go in and hiring these dudes that ain't done nothing close to a resume. Not even close to it. I was thinking about Anthony Lynn when this happened. I was just thinking about Coach Lynn and the Chargers. He had a winning record. He got fired and has not gotten a second shot. But these other dudes, they just get fired and rehired and cycle. Now Steve Wilkes has been fired again. It's crazy. Steve Spagnola lost the Super Bowl. Andy Reid didn't fire him. No. Michael. What Keyshawn kind of ended with, which when you talk about how they treated African-American coaches, it's absolutely correct. And you feel bad for Coach Wilkes here. So do my thoughts on this, it goes, do I, do I, think, do I think it was right? No. But I understand why they did it. When you get this close to winning a championship, you have to search up under every rock to try to complete the task. And Coach Wilkes, though, no one will point to him and say, well, you're the reason this thing happened and you're that. You understand. All year long, they've talked about this, you know. 
Coach likes to be up top. He likes to call his defenses from the box. But the players want the defensive coordinator on the field. They want to be able to talk to him more. So now you pull him out of his place of strength. You pull him out of his place of strength, what makes him function at his top level, and put him in a place of less strength, which is on the field where he says he'd rather be up top. So it was telling you then that this fit is not quite the fit or the match that they thought it would be. They went through that three-game skid. I'm with you. That, that wasn't on him. Remember, they didn't have Trent Wood and Debo Samuel, the main two guys that walked out together to set the pace for this team. But through that three-game skid, they, they, they had some issues. And then they got back on track but went through the playoffs and had some issues stopping the run those first two games. And, and, and then we know what all happened in the Super Bowl. There's a difference between what's fair and, and what's just. And, and certainly, this is not just because he's earned the right to continue as a defense coordinator with what he put on the football field. But I understand what they're doing here when they're saying we have to turn everything over to get this championship. We can stop trying to act like they were going to choose between Kyle Shanahan and Steve Wolfs. It's not going to happen. Kyle Shanahan is widely respected as one of the best coaches in the National Football League. That's not going to happen. So we can stop talking about that as if you should have fired Kyle and the pressure's on Kyle. That's not true. That's just not true. Kyle's a great coach, and he'll be back in. He'll be back coaching. And if, if San Francisco should ever be stupid enough to let him go, everybody will jump right after him. And, and, and I'm gonna be kicking Jerry to get right in that ring. You know what I mean? To fight for him too. So, so we can just stop talking about it. This is between Kyle and Steve. It wasn't that situation. I'm not saying it's okay. I'm not saying it is right. But I got to say, nothing's more important than winning a championship. And you got to turn over every damn rock. Mm. And I can't worry about your feelings right here. I have to worry about that ring right here. And, and when you said it, when Bosa and the players started talking, you knew something was going to happen. You know why? Because just like we got mad at Sean Payton when he got to Denver, he wanted to clean the players' mind. This is not on you. This is on the coach. Next year, we're going to be lined back up and go and get it. That's why they made this move. I'm not saying I agree with it. Again, I understand it. Okay. I don't understand it, nor do I agree with it, but go ahead, yeah. Skip. All right. I got a whole lot to say about this. First, I would like to say I feel for Steve Wilkes because yeah. I do believe he's a really good football coach. Yep. Maybe cut from different cloth than Robert Sala or D'Amico Ryans. He's older school. He's, he's quieter. He wants to sit upstairs. He's not going to be as close to today's players as maybe they were in their day with the 49ers. They were tough acts to follow, especially right. D'Amico, who was <coughs> loved in that locker room. But this man goes to Arizona, and yeah, they weren't very good. Three and thirteen, and he's axed, and I'm like, what? 
He's gone after one year, and so he is forced to join this lawsuit that, remember, the Brian Flores lawsuit against the NFL for racial discrimination. And Steve Wilkes alleged that the Cardinals did not give him a fair opportunity because he is black and he was used as a quote-unquote bridge coach. So he had to go through that. And he goes to Carolina, and he sort of falls into a, a pretty big mess of a football team under an owner who can be a big mess himself. And they go six and six down the stretch and climb back into the division race against Brady and company in Tampa. And I saw a football team respond to him. I saw them start to play some hard-nosed football because I think he's a hard-nosed football coach who can inspire a squad. And I liked his body language. I liked his commanding officer vibe that he gave on the sideline. And I was surprised, if not shocked, they did not retain him, but they wanted to go in a different direction because he wasn't their guy. He was just a guy they sort of inherited off that staff. Mm -hmm. So San Francisco makes a, a wise move. They go, that guy can coach, but he's not D'Amico and he's not Robert Sala. So to Michael's point, we go through the stretch and he's called from above down to the sideline and it starts to click and they're about as good as anybody on defense. I thought Kansas City got hot at the end and maybe was slightly the better defense. I thought Baltimore's as good. San Francisco's right in the same ballpark. And we get to the playoff games, and to Michael's point, they could not stop the run in the first two. They gave 136 to Green Bay, and then they gave 182 to Detroit and almost got run off the field in the first half. But they bounced back and won both games, and they locked down on defense late in both games. And then remember what happened? Steve Wilkes called out his unit after the Detroit game and said, we did not play with effort. And it's just, I, and, and I'm coming in here saying, well, wait a second, it's the NFC Championship game at home and you're not playing with effort? Yeah. Is, isn't that just like part of the deal? Like it's, you don't even have to think about it. Aren't you just going to rise and shine because this is your moment to get back to a Super Bowl? But he called him out. And that may have been the undoing of Steve Wilkes. It may have been because... Or it may have been he was getting in front of it because he could already slip and see okay. it coming. It's possible. But I, I'm, I'm just guessing. You're calling here. out this group hey, of kids hey, that, hey, we, hey, we don't work like that, buddy. Hey. We'll be calling us out. You know, hey, that's... Hey, as, yeah, I didn't think to. as Richard I, calls him, Nicholas John Bosa is kind of the leader of that defense. No it, it comes across he didn't like that. It comes across that... Who is he to point fingers at us when they are quietly pointing fingers at his scheming? They, even Kyle talked yesterday. He was good with the back end with the DBs, but not so much with the rest of Okay. He kept saying he's a really good man and a really good football coach, but something they did not like about the way he coached the defense. And it got so bad in the Super Bowl at one point. Kyle no, runs on the field time calling timeout because they look like cover zero, and, and he just didn't like the, the defensive call. And every time they had any kind of motion, it, yeah. it, it messed up San Francisco, and they ran that same motion to win the game to McCole Hartman. They did. And they that they, they still have an adjust to it. They yeah. still have an adjust. And then Bosa calls out Steve Wilkes after the game for, we were not prepared for the, the, the read option. And I'm like, 
read they called it one time and it was it, it was actually it wasn't even a because because he had he it was a, a rpo it's a, it's a run pass option because it looked like patrick could have thrown it to kelsey if he wanted to and one he, of the things bolster yeah. should have done was yeah. put his left foot in the ground he did when not. he crashed down and he retraced down and it was too late down. it was too it was late. trying they were trying to get the football to kelsey yeah because they only needed a yard and patrick ran for eight yards because nobody was home where nick bosa lined up right Okay, so to your point, Keyshawn, if you look hard at his body of work in the Super Bowl for four quarters, wait a second. They give, him, they give him seven. They just you gave, gave him seven okay, on the you just, you, you just gave it to him, and on the first play, they're not ready, they're not set, and Patrick goes 16 yards, kaboom, to MVS, and, and it's, it's, just, it's a, the first touchdown of the game for the Chiefs, all right? And then the rookie kicker misses Right. He he misses the extra point. So you give him a point. So you gave him eight points, right? Effectively. Yet the f- the score going to overtime is 19 to 19. So overall, we, we should subtract seven. I don't know what your math was on it, but yeah. but, but really it was, let, let's just say 12. Okay, so you gave Patrick Mahomes 12 points in four quarters. That's not a fireable offense. In fact, that's nothing, a keepable offense, right? Nothing that he did throughout right. the season, yeah. in my opinion, was fireable. Your team went to the Super Bowl, man. I don't care how much they ran down your throat in the first half in Green Bay and the first half in Detroit. You made whatever adjustments to get them out of that. You did. You won the game. You're in the Super Bowl. Defensive coordinators get hired <laughs> after Super Bowls, win or lose. They don't get fired. May I make a quick point, please? Our defensive coordinator in Dallas, Texas, got a head coaching job after we fell behind 27 to nothing before halftime and lost. We were down 48 to 16 early in the fourth quarter. There was a pick six involved, but our defensive coordinator had a nightmare game in a big playoff game at home as the two seed and wound up as the head coach in Washington. That's what I'm saying. Okay, all right, I'm just, yeah. You know, our guy Gannon, yeah. he lost the Super Bowl last year to Kansas City. He got a head coach job in Arizona. He did. They don't get fired. They get hired. Our perspectives are off here. What we got to peek into what had been happening all, all, all season. All season. When, when Nick Bosa made comments, and he's a star player on your team, it's not just what happens it's also obviously why it is happening so nick is obviously saying or or whoever that what they're saying is we got to the super bowl not because of but in spite of (laughs) he did that is correct that's basically what they're saying that's what he said and they're saying we 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 we, we, let us get back to what we had and let's go find somebody to get us back to what we had with Saul, with Robert, with D'Amico. See, so we're sitting here saying, man, the results are great. What are you talking about? They're sitting there saying, the results are great because of what we did. We can be greater if we got what we need. I, we're looking at it from only Steve Wilkes and what's wrong with this situation because he has, by numbers, done a good job. But I got my number one player 
speaking against my defensive coordinator. You do. This is not Max Crosby. No. Who's saying, no way, uh-uh. <laughs> I ain't playing unless he's sending me out on the march. Good point. If he sends me out on the march, I go on the march. That's not – that. that's – our success is because of him, not in spite of him. We got to make sure we're looking at it with all of our eyes. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm looking at it all the way around. They didn't win the Super Bowl with Salah, nor did they get to the Super Bowl with D'Amico. That's, that's all I'm selling. Fair point. And when I said in the last 10 years, I gave you numbers about the defense in the last 10 years. Either ahead in sacks, which they're tied, Takeaways, third best in 10 seasons. Yards per game, third best. Points per game, second best. That is not a fireable offense. Mm. You're sitting there saying to me, Michael, well, we got to the Super Bowl despite him. That's a lie. Well, I, I, I didn't say that. I was giving you some thoughts on no, ways you to said see that's it the way they I got. Right, thinking. right. Well, right. Let me correct it. You're right, saying right, that may right. be the way they're thinking. Right. But that would be a lie if they think in that way. Yeah. That would be a lie. So, Keyshawn. This ain't the Dallas Cowboys getting rid yeah. of Jimmy Johnson and Michael Irvin, Emin, and Troy going to the Super Bowl two years later with that same team that had just won two Super Bowls. This team ain't won no Super Bowls. See, if you to tell me that and they had already won, did I say they was no, going to be a, a badass defense regardless? Yeah. Keyshawn, I want to second your emotion about Kyle Shanahan. I want to like him. I told you yesterday on the show. I try to like him because Lil Wayne likes him in part because Kyle named his son after Lil Wayne. But he should now be on the hottest of hot seats. Well, not uh, hot. Y'all stop, 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 stop. I'm looking at him. Come on, that, well, guys. I'm exactly. looking at him. I ain't, I'm not saying firing. Oh, okay. I'm not saying that. Stop, I'm stop, saying guys. you now not, are going to be paid close attention right. to. You're going to be paid close attention to. You watch. But I did, this, I, I did this on my podcast. You're stupid that cowboy anyway. Okay. Hey. He's stupid, stupid. You're not listening, hey. Michael. Listen. Do you know Mike? Did you know Mike Shanahan? Uh, no, Mike. I know Mike. Okay. Mike, the father, was different than the son. Mike was more of a commanding officer. He had more leadership, charisma, and drive than Kyle exhibits to me. Kyle's a really good play caller. I don't know if he's a great commander of the football team. I don't know if he's great in how to navigate a game and get it home when you've got double-digit leads and three Super Bowls, one as a play caller, two as a head coach, because he couldn't get any of those three leads home. And Mike Shanahan would have gotten those leads home because that's what he was. Yeah, with and, Terrell Davis in the backfield, but I saw right, another conversation. But, but, Mike, Mike Shanahan, but he used him. Right, Mike yeah. Shanahan's greatest gift was in the run area. Kyle yep. Shanahan's greatest gift is in the quarterback area yep. and coaching the quarterback in the pass game and developing the pass game. So there's a difference there. There's a difference there. I thought that Kyle Shanahan this year would be different because of the personnel. It will help him make the decisions down the way. You know, we talk about the Matt Ryan and the Super Bowl against Atlanta. But, hey, 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 Matt Ryan and Julio Jones, all those, those were the best ways at the time to move the football. Yeah. This time, Christian McCaffrey was, and, and, and you forgot about him. You forgot. That, that's why I go more on this one than any. Like, hey, you had the right equipment. You just didn't put it in the action that you need to put it in. But, 
But I, I, him throwing the ball with Matt Ryan at that time in the crucial situations against New England, that was the best option they had at the time. So, yeah, you, it's, you guys, you guys got to back option. up off Kyle Shanahan. I don't know if that was because, the best option at 28-3, but you yeah, can say yeah, it was, yeah, well, Michael. Well, listen, I, what, what I'm saying to you... And, it, and nobody it, don't need to back got, up off Kyle Shanahan. Right, you, back well, up off him now. It's superfluous words that's running out your mouth, Gate, towards oh. someone else, Gate, because they're just words. Nobody's doing anything. So nobody's no, doing nobody anything Nobody said Shanahan. fire the man, Michael. When you We're create, when you create this environment where you're getting rid of a coach, and basically you blaming the coach. Let's just call it what it is. Right. You saying Steve Wilson... Right. Lost the Super Bowl for you, but right. you you're saying his philosophy didn't mesh well, with your ways. Right, the man then got you to the Super Bowl with the defense. You interviewed him and hired him. He's gonna go on the board. He's gonna give you all right. the philosophies. Right. So you're telling me that philosophy changed from week one to the Super Bowl? Mm. No. When he got on the board and gave up philosophies, that's one thing. But then when he got in the locker room and gave up, us per- gave up his personality, that became another thing. So it didn't mash together because it's not just what you're showing me. It's not just drawing up X's and O's. It's about leading these Jimmys and Joes. And that was the issue right there. When I, when I gave you the example with, with Max, Max Crosby because over there Antonio Pierce gave the X's and O's, but he also leading the Jimmys and Joes. That's why they're saying that's our guy. That's our guy. And they're not saying that in San Francisco. I'm not saying saying that Steve Wilkes can't get it done. I'm just saying what they're saying, and we got to hear what they're saying. That's what I'm talking about. I, 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 I don't agree, but it's cool. Yeah, I'm, right. I'm with you on Okay, Wilkes enough of that. We need to talk about what happened last night with the Los Angeles Lakers because they looked really good, again, without LeBron James. What does that tell you? No mercy. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. Won't back down. Without LeBron, the Lakers were a surprising five and a half point underdog last night at Utah in the final game before the All-Star break, but the Lakers scored 70 points in the first half. The Lakers scored 68 points in the second half. The Lakers won easily 138 to 122. Keyshawn, lifelong Laker fan than you are, having grown up here in Los Angeles. What did it tell you that the Lakers won this impressively without LeBron? Well, I, you know, as long as AD was on the floor, I wasn't necessarily worried about the point spread. But I think for some reason... They're showing you that when AD or LeBron's not playing, that they're capable, the rest of the unit is capable of stepping up. Absolutely. Now you got Rui Hachimura now, 36 points. He averaged 12 on a year. LeBron averages 25. So if you do the math, you just plug him in. He, he takes up that LeBron space because he's getting more opportunities. Yeah. And that's the same thing that happened with, with Boston, where all of a sudden these guys, when we play Boston, LeBron and AD not there, 
other opportunities right. are coming. Now, all of a sudden, D'Angelo Russell, what did Russell have last night? 17 assists. He has 17 assists, <laughs> 11, but he's facilitating. Where now you're taking those passing that LeBron normally would get on an assist side Bingo. and handing them off yep. to D'Angelo. Yep. So they're showing that they could play without these guys in certain stretches of, of stretches of games against opponents without the two big stars being on the floor. Although AD did contribute last night in a big way, but that's what he's been doing all year long. Yeah. I just, you know, they won six of the last seven. They're off until after the All-Star break. They, they got something if they could just keep it going in this direction you know, I gave him a seven last year, uh, last yesterday. On your confidence. On the confidence yeah. meter. Yeah. On whether or not they can contend for an NBA championship. Yep. It stays there. Let's see what they do after the All-Star break. You know, when we talk about this. We talk about opportunities. And we were talking about it before we came on. And how those role players step up when that opportunity arrives. Because... We talked about it in Boston. We're talking about it again now. You wound without LeBron. You, when you stubborn. And it is. It's always like one guy. Last night it was Hodgson Moore put in 36 points. One of the guys step up. D-Law, D-Russell, D'Angelo Russell. He'll step up and put in. He'll play well. Austin Reeves, they'll step up, put in 25-30. Now, D-Russ D -Russ and Austin Reeves average around 15, 16, 17 points a game. What I thought is if you can just get one of these role players to consistently move up his role and give you nah, 22 points a game, 24 points a game, now you have something. We know at the deadline that's what the Lakers were going for. They were going for them a third star, somebody else to come in. They have them in-house. They just have to consistently be that third star. And, and okay, why is it? You so big and bright when the brightest light is not on the court, but then you get so small when it does while you're confident. So I, I just want to see it all come together. It all come together, and they put it all together with LeBron in AD and these role players. Whichever one of those, because we're talking about those three, really. We're talking about those guys. Yeah. Whichever one gets consistently step up and play like this all the time, then the Lakers may have a shot. Mm. So, far be it for me, the last thing I'm going to do is suggest the Lakers would be better without LeBron James because they would not be better without LeBron James. But last night was fun to watch because all these younger players played like kids in a candy store. They were having fun laughing. <coughs> Rui was laughing all the way to the sideline huddles because he was out of his mind hot. Austin Reeves was hot. Everybody contributed. D'Lo was having fun distributing the basketball. It's a very talented roster. Last night was why I picked this team with no hidden agenda to win it all because well, it has – no, there's no hidden agenda. I, I like this roster that Rob Polinka assembled, and I loved his move on the buyout market of adding Spencer Dinwiddie. You saw him for years in Dallas. He that was they play. call him Win Diddy. Huh? They like him Wind so much that they call him Win Diddy, right? Do, but boy, do you remember? My boy calls him. Yeah, okay, there you go. Game seven uh, against Diddy. Phoenix. Do you remember this in the conference semifinal? I'm going back two years ago. 
Spencer yeah. Win Diddy, Din Witty. He scored right. 30 points in, in a game seven against Phoenix, and they went to Phoenix and blew them out in a shocker to me. My Please point hold, is, man. I've told you before, Rui can flat out play NBA basketball. He's a little underconfident. He's he needs his button pushed, and Darvin pushed his button last night and said, I want you to go out there and just go crazy. Just let it fly. Yeah, but see, when because LBJ get back on the that's floor, That's the though, problem. You're not that's gonna, it. You're that's not, correct. He's not going to get 19 okay, shots. Okay, I got it. He's not going to get him. But, but it helped last night that he felt like, I, I can do this mm-hmm. at a high level. He can defend at a high level because Keyshawn, he's got an NBA body yeah. that won't oh, yeah. quit. And he has... Uh, some dog in him, that dog defensive mentality, he will fight for you. He will fight you if you want to fight back. And last night, his stroke is good. He, he is fearless. And I never see him get his shot blocked. And I, I got to show you one shot that he made just took my breath away uh, against uh, uh, that Walker Kessler, the seven-footer for Utah, who's fourth in the league in blocks. If we could see a shot he made, this is 625 uh, left in the fourth quarter. He gets him down on the baseline. And th- this is a seven-footer. He says, no, 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 I, I, I'll just do this. I'll do this, and I'll fade away on you. And he still couldn't block it. <clears throat> That's an NBA shot. Against Denver last year in the conference finals, Rui played big all four games. He played well. He kept them in, in contention all the way deep into all those games. And then I keep telling you about D'Angelo Russell. He has all-star offensive talent. I'm not saying he's an all-star, but you watch his skills with the basketball. He's a borderline hey, all-star. He's, a, he's yeah, right yeah, there. Right. And he'll have nights right. where you say, that could be an all-star, right? And you see it in both ways. Like you last do. night, he goes he, with he, the assist. And he, sometimes he, he comes he, in he, and he scores. Both ways. When he goes, right. right. Tarian Prince, Darvin Ham loves him. But, but he's, he's a battler on defense, so he starts to, to lock down on defense. Austin Reeves, you've never been quite sold on him. And then he makes a shot with four minutes left last night that was just the dagger shot because Utah kept saying, okay, here we come, here we come. This is Austin Reeves. Tell me this isn't an NBA shot. He just says, oh, really? I'll just rise up on you and fall away. He can do that. He, he can do that consistently because he's not afraid to do that. But it's different when LeBron's on the floor because you have to – he's the leading scorer in the history of basketball. So you have to let him run the show and shoot the shots that he wants to shoot yes, because that he's, that, he's earned that right, that obviously. That's the most obvious thing I've ever said in the history of this show. But it gets a little more complex trying to play with LeBron because the younger players are like, should I or shouldn't I? The flow is not quite the same with him on the floor. That may be the case. Yeah. That may be the case, it's- Skip. But I'm not going to give Rui Hachimura 19 shots with LeBron James on the floor. Yeah. It's just not going to happen. But sometimes you can give him 14 or 15 shots if he's cooking, because when he's cooking, he can really cook. If he's, he's, gotta- if he's cooking yeah. with LeBron on the floor and AD on the floor, that means that they're probably cooking, too. That is correct. So, yeah. you know, you, it, it's hard on Doran Ham to understand or try to figure out the combination and how he wants Ooh. to run things with LeBron and AD. Yep. Because evidence has shown us when one of those guys are not on the floor, the other guys step up and play. Right, right. That, that's shown. But, but they can't lead the Lakers to an NBA final mm-hmm. without LeBron and right. AD. No. They just right. think, just, oh, obviously right. not. And so, so the question becomes, okay, then, okay, now the question becomes this, because you, you just said it, Keith. They can't lead the Lakers. LeBron has to lead the Lakers. Yeah. 
And, and when, when you say lead, I'm imagining you're not just talking about and scoring and assists. You're also Everything talking that he comes about with. leading the players. Yeah. Now, we've had these discussions about the leadership ability of LeBron or Jordan, the leadership style of a LeBron and a Jordan. And I thought, you know, LeBron here, who's more, you know, with the player instead of behind pushing the player, would be a better leader with these kinds of guys. So why are we not getting this kind of play out of these guys no. all the time no. under LeBron. You remember we talked well, about six I said Jordan. Seven. I don't know if they can deal with Jordan. Jordan too hard on him. But but why, you know, LeBron is a great leader. He's a great, you know, great guy to watch, great guy to be around. I just, I just, it was just interesting to me that, that we'll see this with him not on the but floor. But, Michael, they did. why we they, don't see it all the they time. They just won six or seven. Yeah, I know. LeBron James is part of this seven. And Anthony Davis is part of this seven. No doubt. But, but we keep talking about when, they, when one of them don't play and how well they do play. And I'm just saying, man, it'd be great if they can do that all the time. You but just, it's, hard, it's hard to do that. Yeah. With both of those guys on the floor. It's just hard. Yeah. Because LeBron needs his touches. AD needs his touches. LeBron is, the offense is set up through him. He's a facilitator. You're not going to get 17 assists. From, from D-Lo with LeBron on the floor. It's just not going to happen. He may give you 12. He may give you 10. Well, two, but he sure ain't going to give you 17. LeBron no. has to capitulate some of all of his personal accolades to get these guys but going it's not, during but it's the not, regular it's season not, so it's he not can have that. where they need him in the postseason. But, it, but it's not personal accolades and stuff like that. Well, it's, well he's it's, the all-time it's, scorer. It's I got to give Michael Irvin the football even though well, I, was, I got somebody else over here that could potentially do the same thing. Correct. I'll be a damn fool not to give you the football. I'll be yeah. crazy. Yeah. I will be crazy not to. And that's the same thing with LeBron. These young kids, I don't know what game it was, Skip, we were watching. And I said to you, uh, Colin uh, crossed the uh, half-court line. Mm -hmm. He had the free lane. You take it, LeBron. He just gave it to me. I'm sitting there saying, man, you got, why don't you just go through the lane? They left it wide open for you. Mm. But that's what happens when you're dealing with LeBron James. Right. So, yeah. so we're saying the same thing in this sense. I'm saying you're saying they're playing afraid or, yes. or, or capitulating, and I'm saying I need LeBron to bring the best out of them. Go and point to their dogs and tell them how great they are and lift, lift them up. So well, he does like that, that especially with Reeves. He lets Reeves know you're I'm the guy. Yeah. yeah. Last quick point. We had the report yesterday, Golden State interested in trading for LeBron because the word was out. Word Maybe out. the hourglass had run out on LeBron in Los Angeles. And I told you, as, as we hear that LeBron doesn't want to be traded, he has a better chance winning a championship with Anthony Davis than he would with Steph and Draymond. And if you want to throw Clay in there or whatever, depending on whatever the trade would have to be, it's Anthony freaking Davis. And I believe our man Lil Wayne could go down as the unsung MVP this year for calling out Anthony Davis because ever since that call out right here on this show, Anthony Davis has balled out because he, listen, last night, 37 and 15. I, I mean, and, and he gets to the free throw line 13 times, which he does. There have been games when he'll shoot two free throws. He is, 
inspired. Man. He is playing with energy and emotion on a nightly basis. And if mm. he does, he's a top five player. Wait, wait, wait. I know we got to go, but I just don't know if I can concur with that conclusion. Man, do you know LeBron is Steph would be? That big fake freight train going to the basket, and you gotta, you gotta pay attention to it. And he kicks out to a Steph. Oh, only three. Oh man, no, that would be no, scary. no, that could be scary. No. Anthony, that could be scary. Davis Anthony Davis. Davis. I understand. He's an aircraft crazy right now. Yeah. I understand what uh, you're saying. And he's a big on both ends yeah. of the floor, though, ooh, Michael. Yeah. Ooh, wait, you got to remember, yeah. he's a big on both ends of the floor. Steph on the other end of the floor at times can be a little right. bit of a liability. He can be. Depending yeah, on what guard they're going absolutely. up against. Absolutely. And, Michael, and you're talking defensive and, 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 style. And AD I'm talking about offensive no, style. No, but I was going to say, AD is not. Steph can be a liability depending on the guard. AD is not a liability depending on the big. No matter who the big is, he's not a liability. No. So there's where, you, there, I know, I, I get it. We love the Steph. Big boy in Denver. I know, but no, nah, the big boy in Denver, AD can play against him. Hey, he's yeah. had some yeah. big yeah. games yeah. against him. Yeah, absolutely. Big game. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Mike Zimmer introduces Cowboys defensive coordinator. Mike McCarthy called him, quote-unquote, an incredible fit for us. Zimmer said, there was another club talking to me. This is where I wanted to come. Michael Urban, was this a great hire, a good hire, or a block hire? I think it's a great hire. I really do think it's a great hire. And I'm talking about knowing Zim and how he runs defenses, that's not even a question there. But knowing Zim's personality and, and intensity in which he brings to practice is why I think this is a great hire. And he was the DB coach, DB coach when got you the, played. He had defensive assistant yep. 94, got to, then became defensive back coach in 95. And I'm going to tell you something. Dude, I love Zim as a defensive back coach because him and Dion were together over there. And I'm going to tell you, we had the best practices, intense practices. One-on-one was all out, and it was heated every day. I mean, literally every day. Zim and Axe would be over there cussing each other out, going at it. You tell them DBs to stop. Keep doing it. You know, it was the... What happened? This is Hubbard Alexander. Hubbard your, Alexander, your receiver's my receiver's coach, coach yeah. and yeah. Zim. I mean, they were going at it because we the receivers and DBs. We going at it one-on-one. This is what they need in practice. This is... When I, when I heard your head coach, our head coach, stand up at a podium and say, we were not prepared, we're not ready today. That gutted me. Gutted me. That means you, 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 your practices, you should have been ready right now. You should have known you're going to be ready once you see practice. And the, the intensity of the practice told you you were not ready. That won't happen with Zim. 
Zim will call you out, cuss you out. He was going to do everything to get you going. And if he had a Deion Sanders, I know he'll work well with a Trayvon Diggs because Deion going to help seal this thing together. Deion will reach out to all of those guys and say, well. hey, you got my guy. He was with Deion. You got my guy, man. Y'all make sure you give my guy all the respect. And they will. You know, he's worked with a Charles Haley, so I know he knows what to do with a Michael Parsons. And he's going to call those guys out just like he called out everybody, including me or anybody. That's why I think this is a great hire. Zim, you need that kind of attitude in the practices that at the Dallas Cowboys, and I think they've been missing that for quite a while. It's a, good, it's a, it's a damn good hire. The, the, you know, when you look at it, familiarity speaks. He understands and he trusts the people in the building, and he understands who they are. That's important. Um, did he have other opportunities? I'm sure he had many opportunities since leaving Minnesota to go somewhere and be a defensive coordinator. But it's all about the right fit. It's all about understanding are they going to give me the right personnel? Yep. Can I get these players to respond to my coaching style, which they probably need? Because he is a dog cusser. I mean, yeah. I had him as yeah. my defensive coordinator while yeah. I was with the Cowboys. He's, he's, he's and he dog, is a, dog pretty, he's a pretty good defensive coordinator. It is. I mean, when you think about it, he, he was in Cincinnati. They made nice little runs. Nice. His defense was solid, solid and sound. Okay? He was with Atlanta for one year as a D.C., Okay, they were okay. Right. Minnesota, he was doing great when he first got there. Toward the end, the defense got a little older. They couldn't replace the players. Yeah. Eventually, they had to let him go. But I think they hit on something, man. It's a good match with Mike McCarthy's philosophy on the offensive side of the ball. He's not going to be bringing all this crazy pressure all the time, no. putting people in harm's way right. on that, a consistent basis. Right. Fitting, fit, fit, you know, fit. Right. I, I think it's a good hire for him. I'm, and, and on top of that, if for some reason Jerry starts to get uneasy on Mike McCarthy, you got a former head coach who's had some success with familiarity because you know how Jerry operates, Michael. He'll go hire somebody on the staff that he knows before he brings somebody else in from the outside. Mm. So you two almost convinced me. Michael brought me up out of my chair. We're talking about those practice sessions oh, man, because that, that I did not know that. You made extremely valid points because you saw him up close and personal as a DC under Bill Parcells, which is, it's a hard job to, to, yeah. to, to convince right. Bill that, that you're doing the right thing. I got caught up in the Rex Ryan story, I admit it, because I got excited because Rex seemed so excited about campaigning to be the Dallas Cowboys DC because he said the Super Bowl ingredients are right there. And he said, I think I could add a little more than the previous DC did, talking about Dan Quinn. And I didn't mind Rex saying that because I think Rex believes that with all his heart and soul. Rex is more flash and dash than Mike Zimmer is. He's more outspoken. He's more media savvy and friendly and accessible. Mike's pretty blah with the media. Now, he's not blah behind closed doors or behind closed practice doors because, to your point, and you've made this point, you, you think he's, he's a tough guy and a dog cusser. Yeah. I, I don't get any of that publicly at all. I oh, watched this thing no, yesterday. You got to watch you got to watch some of his press conferences as a head coach. He was pretty intense as a head coach at pressers. Yeah, he's pretty intense. 
This team, as you well know, needs a Michael Irvin in the locker room. Heck, needs a Keyshawn in the locker room. Needs somebody who will light a pregame fire. And that's why I like it. Okay? And and you think he will. That's why I like it. Yeah, he's going to challenge these guys. He's going to challenge. He'll tell Trayvon, you good? But I coached Deion Sanders. You know, he'll look at Michael Parsons. You're a bad boy. But I coached a five ringer in Charles Haley. He did. You see what I'm saying? He will. So, so what are you? Will you show me what they showed me? Show me. He, he will. He will call them out and challenge them that yeah. way. And you need that. And, and Richard has the belief. Why I don't know that that style doesn't work in a national football. Richard Sherman with the younger players. I'm like yeah. that, that. That's not true. Yeah. Right. That's so far from the truth. But that's what he believes. I'm like Michael. I done had Charles Haley. I done had Deion Sanders. I done hired Darren Woodson's. He's going to let right, him know right, right. Put what in. time it is. Right. Can you dog cuss in today's NFL with today's 25 and under players? Absolutely, 100%. Yeah, yeah. I'm with you on that. Yeah, you can. Yeah. Because, yeah, you can. They, because, yeah, because they respect, respect you for who respect. you are. And that's why he's throwing out the Charles Haley's and the Deion Sanders. Because yeah. he's saying, I coach them the same. You ain't them. You trying to be them. If I coach them like this, this is how I can get you to them, trying to help you be them. That's what he's saying. Mm. I saw Dion Saturday in Vegas when we talked about Mike Zimmer, and he just he loves him. raves about he him. He loves him. Like he loves him. He loves him. And he said, I should have hired him myself, but he sort of advised for them last year, and he wanted, obviously, to return to the National Football League, and this is the Dallas Cowboys who are calling, and you're just not going to turn down that because he said, I want to be here because – he knows Jerry. He knows the drill. He knows the routine. He knows the good and the bad and the ugly of that franchise. And he thinks I can navigate. I can deal with. Right. And and they right. do have pieces and on they defense. Got, they yeah, got, they got this is the best. They this got is, great this is the best offense that Zim has DC for. Best defense. Um, yeah. No yeah. best offense. Yeah, okay. that oh, oh that he's, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. DC yeah, yeah. Okay, team. that's true. So right. Best and, offense. And, and, and since yeah. you brought that up, I shall do this. And when Stefan Diggs left Minnesota, it was not because of Mike Zim. It's not because of Zim. It was it was the thing they had with the quarterback going on and giving the too many passes to the other guy, Adam Thielen over there. <laughs> and, and, and you remember. Zim wasn't real set on Kirk Cousins either. So, I mean, Stefan and Zim was probably together. Yeah. As we may see them again one day. Mm. Just remember that uh-huh. I said it her first right here. <laughs> I'll remember that. Look at that. No mercy. No mercy. No mercy.